Happy Halloween, everybody. It is the 75th installment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Right, coming to you once again on the 31st of October 2017, another Champions League night, but the Iceman never lets me talk about that. Hmm. Um, more of that later. But first of all, on Halloween, who better to celebrate than with the monster himself, oh, the thanks. Iceman? Thanks for calling me a monster, mate. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, hello, everyone. Yeah. Hello, listeners. Yeah, yes, yeah, some monstrous stats coming. Lots of Halloween puns you can, uh, you can expect tonight. It's, uh, it's me, Billy, presenting once again, and we've got a fantastic guest on this week. We have the head football writer for Fantasy Football Fix, Craig, um, also known on Twitter as FPL Editor. Some of you would have uh, would have known of him already. A pretty decent record. Uh, six seasons of playing FPL, four times finishing in the top 20,000, two of those in the top 8K. So it's fair to say it's sound advice coming your way. Welcome, Craig. Cheers, gents. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be on the show. Fantastic. Well, we know that your uh, your website's fantasyfootballfix.com and you do a lot of uh, writing and articles and you've got your weekly top five key players. So t- tell us a bit about the website and how you became involved in FPL. Well, I guess from my own involvement, it all started playing fantasy football, I guess, from newspapers originally. And then, of course, it slowly uh, moved on to uh, the online world. Um, I've been playing fantasy premier league for six seasons prior to that i played obviously different fantasy football games across the web and uh yeah i started writing for fantasy football fix last season at the start of last season and um yeah i'm really really enjoying it um and their content for their site this website's really great if you haven't seen it already i'm sure plenty of the listeners will have utilized it but um it provides um, a number of good statistical uh, gambit shall we say um you can plug in your team um, by logging in on the website there's a number of free features uh, and it really helps assist you make the right decisions i guess so um yes yeah, worth taking a look yeah i know you're a bit of a fan of the website yeah i use it mostly every single day of my life <laughs> right, okay. is that where you get all your stats from uh, no, I get some of the stats from there. It's mainly to use it for price predictors. I've always used it for price predictors. Very strong indeed. So, Craig, it's great to have you on board. But, yeah, looking forward to seeing your suggestions for the coming game, which we can. Uh, we were saying before the pod, it's fair to say, it's fairly heavily weighted towards Sunday this week. <laughs> um, Definitely. Yeah, match of the day is going to be very interesting on the Saturday. Um, chaps, let, let's start off in our usual fashion of talking about how our teams got on this week. Iceman, do you want to kick us off? You can kick us off, mate. You had a good score this week, so you can kick us off this week. Thank you. Well, my, my score actually jumped me. I worked it out in the end, 600,000 places this week. So before oh. two game weeks back, I was over a million. I've now jumped to uh, 274,000 and 600 of those places was this week. And you're right um, so I got house. a score of... I'm right behind you now, Iceman, aren't I, within a <laughs> yeah. few points. Yeah. Um, average points for the week was 46. I got 74. My big performers, I had a stroke of luck where I'd captain Deguero. He didn't play. And I'd put my vice on Firmino against Huddersfield. So that got me 16. Sterling come off the bench to get me a 7. Ramsey, um, who actually I, I don't see as a fluke, that's someone I've backed for a while, got me a nice nine. Kalasinac was doing all sorts of attacking for 14. And Jones and me got me nine points each as well. So a nice spread of points 
this week so that's jumped me right up the uh the, the mini league i'm right up there with the ice man now um how about you jim how did you get on yeah not a good week for me to be honest i got 45 this week one below average i actually captain salah in the end and he you know that missed penalty etc strong uh, he, penalty he got the he got the assist which got him into the positive other than that it was just david louise i had ward out of the choice between uh ward and me so i only got the six points for that vardy up top finally got a goal so uh looking like i may have to keep him now uh so yeah not great i managed to go down to just two hundred and thirty-eight thousand overall so yeah me and you are fairly close very close once again four points in it last season let's see how it goes um i'll be interested to talk a bit about vardy as well as the pod goes on but craig let's come to you next how'd you get on this game week yeah not too bad gents um 10 points above average or nine points above average on 55 points so all but told not too bad it looked pretty grim come sunday evening um pope and ward bailed me out with a combined 15 points which was Very handy. Um, otherwise, I would have been sitting on approximately, well, obviously 40 points. So, not great. Um, it was the, probably a story of the defence and goalkeepers this week for me. Um, Davies came in, obviously only brought two points when Aguero was subbed out. So, that's not great. But across the back four and the goalkeeper uh, combined, they actually brought in 28 points. So, pretty good. Other than that, it was pretty dire straight. So I captain Salah as well. Um, so that 18 point swing or, or well, it was about approximately 18 point swing for missing the penalty was of course horrific um, a, a number of FPL managers I think suffered that plight uh, Loftus-Cheek brought me 55 points which wasn't too bad I, I, I had a sort of an inkling that he would, would start turning up he's looked quite good to be fair I mean Crystal Palace are awful but um, he's looked like a, a star in the team um, alongside Zaha <coughs> Um, and then, yeah, Sterling's cameo, 29 minutes, seven points. You can't grumble with that. But, yeah, I think I, I took Kane out for Morata, but it looks like I'm going to be putting Kane straight back in with the uh, the news that's come out today. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's a good point about the, uh, the Kane injury. I think that threw a lot of people, possibly um, saw a lot of people take hits, sort of panicking to take him out if their squad wasn't balanced. So you, you're not trusting enough in Morata to keep him for another game week. I will keep Morata. Um, I've um, I, I basically subbed in Aguero for Lukaku as well. I had two yeah. free transfers and I already had Jesus. So to be honest, one of those has got to go. So I think um, Jesus will go. I'll, I'll stick with Aguero. Um, I've got the money in the bank to, um, to of course, tra- make that transfer. So I think I'll have Morata, Aguero and Kane up front, certainly for this week anyway. That's a very, very strong uh, strong strike force moving forward. And it's going to be the Sunday that you're going to be the most interested in, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just a bit. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's have a little look at our mini league this week then. So a bit of chopping and changing at the top. We've got some familiar names in the top 10 once again. Um, I'm going to read all of these names out. I fear there's <laughs> going to be a little, uh, a little slip up for me in there. But let's just go with it for comedic value. In 10th place, we've got the Red Eagle, Thiago Costa dropping down to 10th. Uh, it won't go in. <laughs> Drew Peacock in 9th place. <laughs> Fine work for them again. 8th uh, place, Smash, Wench, and Shush. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a joke in there somewhere. I apologise if I've offended your, your name there. Uh, beautiful Creatures, Mangus, Magnus, Westerstrand moving up into 7th. 89 points. Great game nice. week score there. Burbage, Andre Bergstrom up into 6th. King Kirby is back. Eric Locken into fifth, 
Frederick FC, Frederick Magnusson in fourth. Entropy, Abdullah Al Mamoun, very consistent from them uh, in third place. Uh, Draper's fancy team, Dean Draper in second. And Lalana Landemir Tenay remains the runaway leader at the top, now has a 72 point gap. Um, he is very strong. Smashing it, isn't he? he Captain Hazard this it, week, it, who I removed from my team for Salah. God. Painful. Yeah. His overall rank is two. <laughs> is second. Yeah. Oh wow! So if you want to, if you want to win the fancy football league uh, surgery league, you need to be fairly high up. Great week from them. They had uh, De Gea, Jones, Alonso, Kalasinac, and they captain Hazard. So uh, very decent. Very strong. Great stuff, people. Let's get into talking about the game week fixtures, then, gentlemen. Um, so as we uh, we keep alluding to, Saturday is looking rather dry. In the old FBL stakes, unless you like, you like spreading your players amongst some of the lesser teams, we kick off with Stoke versus Leicester. Um, now, the the third choice striker here that you've talked about, Iceman, I really like um, Jamie Vardy's performances this season. Six goals already seems to be a little bit more consistent. I like him as a lower cost striker. Um, only two behind the top scorer in the league, Kane. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on him at the moment? You're going to me first, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I'm starting to get back on the, the Vardy bandwagon again because they, they've changed it a bit with uh, Puyel. Now he's playing. They seem to be playing on the counter-attack and he's playing with a little bit of a different formation. They're a bit more defensive, I think, now. And I think they're probably going to gain from a few clean sheets from uh, this manager change. But yeah, Vardy is going to benefit from that because they love parking the bus. And when they played it when they won the league, then Mardi was smashing it in every week. So yeah, I do think he's going to be a great asset going forward. Yeah, what about you, Craig? What are your thoughts on Vardy? I think at the moment um, where I've gone for this power front three, he's probably not getting much of my uh, attention, but um, he's, a, he's a great FPL asset um, and I would always speak very highly of him. I think he's done very well over the last couple of seasons. He's got some great attributes to his game, which lend themselves nicely to fantasy football. Um, you know, his pace, he's, he's, he's a good finisher. Um, he's he's dried up a little bit over the last, say, five games. I think he's only managed a couple of goals in the five games, and he got four goals in his first five games. So it's got a bit quieter. But that said, I think that is, uh, the change of manager is, is probably well noted. And actually, if they're going to sit a little bit deeper, they'll be more like they were, say, in 15-16 when they won the league and they played more to the counter. So, yeah, I think as, as an asset, I think he's probably definitely one you need to keep your eyes on. And I wouldn't... I would not rule not rule him out and uh, bring him in for one of say my power three to give me some more money to move around my team if needed. Yeah, I think the um, just the other thing to note with that as well, like you say, if they're playing a little bit more on the counter. I also like the form of Riyad Mahrez actually, but he's still frustrating the eight point four million. And given his returns last season, I think that's a little bit overpriced. But he's now got six assists this season and a goal, um, which is if you look around the league, that's as good as any midfielder you're going to find um so again if you if you like Leicester moving forward their fixtures they've got the, the Stoke game City at home which isn't great then West Ham away Spurs at home but then a nice little uh, garden of green after that so if you were sort of trying to catch up in your league or wanted a differential um mm. I really like the the Mares Valley options at the moment 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. I agree with that, mate. I think another shout which could be coming into contention is probably Gray, Damari Gray. He hasn't been getting starts under Shakespeare, but now that Puyel's playing him, he had a great game in the last game. And he's very much involved in much of their attacking play. He made some few decent crosses into the box. He just looks like he could be a part of that Leicester team going forward on the counter-attack quite well. So he is at 5.3 at the moment. I'm kind of keeping an eye on him for now. Uh, obviously, their fixtures, uh, they've got Stoke next, then they've got Man City, West Ham and Spurs. But after that, it's a little garden of garden of green for a little bit. So it could be promising for them. Yeah, some nice, nice fixtures coming up, absolutely. I mean, do either of you chaps see any value in the lesser defence? Because that's where a lot of the talk has been post-weekend. Mm. If you look at Maguire, Fuchs actually scored really well. He's only a 4.9 million option, I believe, as price dropped from um, people selecting more early. Do I mean, Iceman, do you see any value in, in, in the defensive side of things? Yeah, I think Simpson and Morgan at 4.5 could be great options. I mean, Puyo, as we mentioned, he's quite a defensive type manager and uh, he does keep it very solid, quite boring, but I think it might work for Leicester. And these 4.5 options in Simpsons and, and Morgan could be real bargains. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, there's definitely some value to be had there and the sort of 4.5 bracket with Leicester, particularly if the fixtures look more promising. He started Ben Chilwell on the left-hand side as well, which was uh, definitely something that grabbed my eye. Um, only 4.3 million listed as a defender playing on the left side. But of course, we do, do know that all Brighton can hold that position. So it's definitely one to monitor, but there could be some significant value there. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I've liked I've liked the look of him actually going forward, and he's like so he's quite a complete player defensively and and uh, as an attacking wing back. So could be again another differential. I think that's probably the theme we're talking about with Leicester here. Perhaps if you're playing catch up, if you just fancy a differential, then then they seem to have a number of options and fairly decent fixtures moving forward. Yeah, I agree, mate. And chaps, any uh, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm still not that excited by Stoke. They're too hot and cold for me. Mm-hmm. Score a few goals every now and again. Got some exciting attacking players. I mean, Craig, do you do you see any value in Stoke? I, um, everyone's obviously looking at um, Chupa Moting, but from my side, um, Shakiri seems to be playing quite nice football recently, and he's actually actually attempted more assists than what Chupa Moting has. I think he's got three, and Shakiri has attempted ten of the last five games. Of course, Shakiri's on corners, but of course that does add to the appeal. Um, he has free kicks as well in his locker. One thing with Jupamoteng is that he's actually been firing off a lot of shots. Um, he doesn't seem to be that great in terms of his conversion ratios, but that said, he's really up there. I think he's in like the top five or six players across the whole of the midfield and forward bracket for shots. So definitely one to look at. But other than that, I'm not blown away by anything at Stoke at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, Chipper Moting's getting some game time up front, isn't he? Which he puts him in kind of the Firmino bracket of last season. So perhaps a little bit more potential to score. Um, yeah, statistically looking pretty good. I think Shakiri's the one for me that's so frustrating because he's such a talented player, but just FPL points, he just doesn't seem to return. That's the annoying thing. I agree. Okay. Um, I'm not going to labour this fixture, chaps, because I think, you know, there's, there's Leicester probably the more exciting side there. Iceman, do you want, want to add anybody else from Stoke? Uh, just to mention that last week we did say that uh, Shaw Cross, now he's back in the team, he seems to have organised their defence a little bit more. He's at 4.8. If they're going to carry on getting clean sheets like they did in the last game, then he might be a potential option. But, uh, yeah, not for me at the moment. Nobody else at the moment. 
Okay, well let's um, let's move it on, chaps, then to the next uh, exciting fixture of the weekend. You're going to love this one: Huddersfield <laughs> versus West Brom. Mm. So, Craig, as our as our guests, I'm going to treat you to to leading us off on this this feast. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right, we've now got Newcastle. No, go on. <laughs> yeah, personally speaking, from an uh, FPL perspective, at the moment, nobody. He's really doing it for me with in either of these teams. I must be honest. West Brom, you know, we all know the whole Tony Tony Pulis effect and uh, the fact that he's always good defensively, but even that doesn't seem to be holding up much truth at the moment. There's just there's nothing that would tempt me here at all in either of these sides um, from an FPL perspective. I must be honest. Yeah, I've got to say there's not too much exciting me in this one as well. Obviously, um, Huddersfield getting beaten by Liverpool, so not even holding out there defensively. West Brom struggling a little bit this season, seemingly missing the likes of Darren Fletcher in their uh, in their midfield. Iceman, I'm going to ask you an inevitable question. Can you can you offer any hope? Uh, no, next fixture, mate. <laughs> next fixture. Wow, it's an absolute... It's wild. got a nil-nil or a one-nil either way, hasn't it, written all over it? Yeah, I mean, if you've still got West Brom, which you really shouldn't by now, then I'll probably play him for this game, but no, nah, you shouldn't be. Yeah. No one's looking for any options from either of these two teams. Right, well, embarrassingly, I've still got Foster as a rotation goalkeeper. All I'm going to say is I'm probably going to play him in this one because uh, I, I do I do see nil-nil all over this. So the only one for me is Foster if you've still got him in rotation. OK, Newcastle versus Bournemouth. Um, a lot of people got Elliot at the moment, and I actually quite like him in this fixture. Still cost you nothing at 4, is he 4.1, 4.2 now? 4.2. Yeah, I think it's 4.2, yeah, yeah. 4.2. I, I think he's actually quite a nice option in this one. I haven't been that impressed by Bournemouth going forward this season. Although, Iceman, I know your your friend Stanislas is back. He's a man, yeah, Stan. Do you want to say a bit about him? Well, he didn't get any points in the last game, but he's still a hopeful option. He's very attacking in their team and is always creating chances. He was on penalties, but I'm not sure if he'll remain on penalties with... Uh, I think Wilson might be coming back into the team. They've also got Defoe to come on as well. So I wouldn't necessarily guarantee he's on penalties. But if I had the slot available in my team, I would be opting to get him because they've got some pretty good fixtures coming up. Uh, they did park the bus in the game against Chelsea. They could have scored. Uh, Daniels got forward. He looks to be quite a good defender to have, actually, Daniels. I, I, I mean, I, I know people shout him kind of most weeks, but I do think that he, with these fixtures coming up, if you've got that money available to change I would actually be moving for him or Stanislav uh, mm. for Bournemouth at the moment yeah I, I, no I echo, echo exactly that I mean Stanislas and Daniels are the, sort of the top of the tree for the underlying numbers for Bournemouth at the moment one concern around Stanislas is I do think that he came off in the last game because he tweaked a groin problem. I'm not too sure I've heard much more about that oh, as of that. yet. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he there, there's, there's umming and ahrings that he might have um, tweaked a, an old ongoing injury. So, one to watch. But I think he'll hold down his penalties. Um, I think last year he was playing when Callum Wilson was playing and I think he took a couple of penalties while Wilson was playing, who was was probably the one that you would would like you said uh, would suggest that he would be taking them, um, but yeah, Stanislas he's he's had the most shots on target from 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 the whole of the Bournemouth team in the last five games with four. Charlie Daniels has attempted the most assists with six, uh, alongside Adam Smith and Josh King on six as well. So yeah, they'd be the two to look at, and I I actually own Elliot uh, and have. Hope in goal as well, so I'm using a rotation with those two, so I'm likely to start Elliot at home to Bournemouth. 
Yeah, I think that's um, definitely a nice shout. Really good option in goal this season, Elliot. Just a, a bit on Stanislas, I was just going to add to what you guys were saying there. Seemed, it seems to be a groin injury that you hobbled off with. So okay. a little bit cautious about that with his injury track record. If he does pull through, though, I think the thing to add about them is their run of fixtures is very nice for them. If they've got Newcastle, Huddersfield, Swansea, Burnley, Southampton and Palace, um, mm. and then a bit of a, a nightmare run of three. But for the next sort of five or six games, you get, I think, some really good rotation, like you say, especially out of Charlie Daniels. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, It's funny how Josh King's just seemed to dr- drop off the radar as well, isn't it? I mean, obviously he was classed as a midfielder last year, but he was absolutely classed in that tail end, wasn't he? Yeah, he didn't even play against uh, Chelsea, I don't think. Yes, I'm not sure if he's injured, actually. I'm not, to be honest, I haven't looked oh, yeah, too think, deeply into yeah, Bournemouth. He's really got recently. back back injury at the moment, so yeah, that's why he didn't play. Oh, OK. There you go. Yeah, he really did the business at the end of last season for him, didn't he? He was, he was absolutely superb. And as a midfield option, was probably the key to that as well. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah did have a, we did have a question from FPL Kege. He just put, uh, said, thoughts on Bournemouth. Are they shit about to turn gold? <laughs> do we reckon they're all going to turn gold I, I don't think they're going to quite turn gold but uh, I know I, I messaged him back on this one because he mentioned that I bet Iceman is going to say a heap of shit on this and sit on the fence about their players oh, wow. <laughs> followed by saying wait and see so what I'm going to say is yeah well, I think we need to wait and see for these lot really <laughs> Yeah, second from bottom, I'm going to hang my hat on this a bit more. I think defensively they could turn gold in the next few weeks with, yeah. with that run of fixtures. They're only letting one against Chelsea, so I, I think there could be some value in their defence. Yeah, there, there could be. Um, I suppose it's a matter of who plays up front for them at the moment. Like They've got a few injuries now, so Excellent. I wouldn't necessarily be piling in on Bournemouth. Kegger. No. Yeah. Gentlemen, we spent more than five minutes on this game, so I'm going to move us on. Yeah. Um can't polish a turd, but maybe you can with Bournemouth. Um, Saints <laughs> versus Burnley. So a little bit more exciting. Um, really? Saints, I still think. <laughs> oh, sorry? I'm a Southampton fan and I disagree. <laughs> oh, okay. do, you, do you want to lead us off on this one then? A disgruntled Saints fan, go. <laughs> right, hang on. Let me just get this massive notepad out. Um, <laughs> yeah, crikey. This, I mean, again, this, this looks like it'll be fine margins um is it my uh, is it my heart sort of speaking over my head i feel like we might get a win here burnley have been really really solid um, at the back and i think they'll cause us a lot of problems um in that regards because the attacking output at southampton at the moment is abysmal we seem to have a very solid foundation though so i don't see burnley threatening uh, the rear guard of southampton too much they've struggled for goals as well uh, and I think Southampton's defence is stronger. So I think we'll do well out of that. I think there should be a clean sheet here. I, I'm going to predict that this will probably be 1-0 to Southampton. Uh, maybe Gabby Adini, the troll, <laughs> in FPL terms. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fancy oh, him to troll. turn up. He is, isn't he? He's, he's, he's annoyed many an FPL manager over the last year. But yeah, there's just not, not not enough spark at the moment going forward for Southampton. I don't think Pellegrino's really too sure who his you know, um, starting attackers are. He tried Ward-Prowse in the last game. He brought in Buffel. He's dropped Redmond recently. He's tried Long up front. And then we've, we've got Charlie Austin on the bench. He's not even been getting a look in. God knows why he's not getting a look in. Because again, we all know that he's got the pedigree and can score the goals. He's obviously just not fitting the system. So yeah, it's all a bit hickledy-pickledy. So if you're going to put any money into this game from an FPL perspective, it's got to be with the defences in this game. A lot of us have, you know, perhaps a Burnley asset. 
I'd be tempted actually myself. I've got Stephen Ward. I'd be tempted to actually play him in this game, which goes very much against my sort of my allegiances. Um, uh, and I also have Cedric. I'll definitely be starting Cedric this week. Yeah. I had a bit of a question towards you on that one, Cedric. He was beaten in the air a few times, and for Brighton's mm. goal too. So, kind of worries me. I know he took Yoshida out of the centre back position. I know Yoshida yeah. maybe could cover right back. Is that a potential? It has been done before. You're not wrong. He has played. Well, I say he. I say we have. We or Southampton have played Yoshida there, but I think that was only covering for for an injury for when Cedric was out. Um, but you're you're completely right. I mean that that is an option. I think um, Cedric offers a lot going forward. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. he's really. I mean, he's had a he's had a substantial amount of shots as well. Um, you'd be surprised. But he has, no, he has um, had some good stats, but he just never seems to get attacking <laughs> attacking outputs. Yeah, there. I know. It's um it's increasingly frustrating, I must say, um, because he's he like you said he's he's always up there for the numbers. He's uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't think he'll lose his place just yet. Um, and I've got him in as sort of a five million pound starting Southampton defender. But to be honest, he's on borrowed time. I think I'm going to move off of him and downgrade to a four point five, four point three million pound defender, whichever yeah. uh, one shines for me in the next sort of couple of weeks, just to get that extra bit of funds. Yeah, because your fish fixtures do get really bad soon. After this game, it's they Liverpool, do, yeah. Everton, yeah. Man City, Bournemouth, Arsenal, <laughs> Leicester, Chelsea. Jesus Christ, it's like, yeah, it's, it's dreadful, just more isn't it? But the thing is, Southampton are capable of keeping clean sheets throughout all of those games. So it's uh, it's not to say that you should definitely move off. I suppose it's wait until you continuously let in goals a game uh, and then get rid. Mm. He'll be going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just. But you quick- are right. Yeah, just a quick word on Pope. He had another good game. He had a good game versus City as well and versus Newcastle. So if you opted Pope over Fabianski on your wildcard, then you're in the points. He got two bonus as well. He's mustered seven save points and six bonus points since taking over from Heaton back in game week four. So he is still quite a good option uh, for Burnley games at home. A lot of people are looking at doubling up on Burnley defence just for those home games and working in a rotation. I do think that that's probably still quite a good uh, good option. Yeah, I'm on Pope at the moment actually. So um, I opted for him in my wild card in game week seven. I'm, I'm glad that I... Uh, went for him over Fabianski um, because he's yeah he's, he seems to be making quite a lot of saves getting the bonus points for it and getting save points so worst case scenario you may be walking away with three or four points which is pretty good right <clears throat> yeah definitely so it sounds like the battle of defences in this one not too much about either attack um, and with uh, Iceman's chat about Wood last week uh, I think we can safely say that's not an option either at the moment so Laz, let's move on to Swansea versus Brighton, another South Coast side. Now, I'm going to kick us off with, again, neither side particularly excites me. I'm sure one of you is going to mention Gross with another assist. But um, more from Swansea's perspective, offering a differential. I think if if you want three heavy hitters up top, then this won't apply. But if you're someone that wants more in your midfield and defence and is going with two heavy hitters, I still really like Abraham and Ayu. Swansea as cheaper options up front so uh, Abraham's got four goals and assists this season Um, IU is 0.8 cheaper but has only missed 10 minutes 
of every game they've played. So he's played every minute apart from the last 10 against Arsenal. Um, So if you wanted a really cheap player that was going to start every week, one of those I think provide a good option. Abraham has been better with the bonus, though. So Ayu's picked up nothing this season. Abraham has picked up eight bonus points to complement his four goals and one assist. Uh, Boney is also injured as well. So I think you're pretty much guaranteed to see Abraham start. Um, And the other thing is, in terms of over the next few game weeks, um, their fixtures don't look too bad. So obviously they have this one at home against Brighton. They've obviously Burnley away, as we've just talked about. That could be a shutout. But then you've got Bournemouth. They've then got Chelsea, but then Stoke and West Brom. So in rotation, either of those as cheap options I do like. Um, mm. Iceman, what are your thoughts on, on this fixture? Yeah, on I totally agree with you on Abraham. He looks probably the perfect cheap third forward for everyone. Uh, he did actually score yeah. an, uh, an offside goal against Arsenal, and he made the assist. So he seems to just randomly get those FPL points. He doesn't get in the penalty area that much over the last four. He's only had twelve area touches, but he has got those two goals, uh, and he's got the assist. So yeah, um, he could work in a nice rotation with someone, maybe even with uh, Loftus Cheek at that four point five option. That's what I'm kind of looking to do at some point probably bring him in uh, but yeah looking to Brighton obviously Gross he's decent with another assist but I think he's, um, his nickname should be now Nort Shots Gross because he's just not getting any shots at the moment but he's just full of the assists it's like, it's like he creates loads and at that price he's like a, a mini Ozil like someone uh, who's <laughs> going to continuously get assists for you and just have this standard points of like seven or six every week. And that that can be really effective in your team for that price. So the points per value is working really well. Um, I did see that Duffy came close with a header in the last game. So he, again, might be a good option for attacking stats. So Duffy and Dunk seem to play really well together. They were bigging them up on match of the day. And uh, I do think that uh, their defence is quite solid. But I can see Swansea scoring here. And I can see Abraham getting in the points. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Abraham's the one, isn't he, to uh, to focus on in this particular fixture. It sort of looks like it'll be made for him. He's performed very well against teams like Brighton this year, uh, and he's delivered the points. So, yeah, I completely echo that. And, um, yeah, we all know about Pasco Gross, so that's kind of box ticked. One other player that I would mention, again, I probably wouldn't lean towards it. But if I'm looking to pick up points in a mini league at the moment with Brighton's fixtures as well and the fact that Gross will be providing a lot of these crosses, your classic old-school striker in Glenn Murray could actually provide something. He's at 5.7 million. So he... Don't go there. Don't go there. Glenn Murray. I should have. What was he, The thing is, is like I said, there's a short-term punt. They've got not not too bad fixtures over the next four. Um, He's got 19 points in his last two games. I think that he might go and get another sort of average of four points over the next few games. So, yeah, I think, you know, he'll get the goals for them. There's not many goals coming out of that Brighton team, believe you me. <laughs> he's, uh, he's actually starting from as well, isn't he? Like the last three fixtures he started and he's played the uh, the last two games, he's played all of it. And he's hoovered up some bonus actually as well, isn't he? Four in his last two with three goals in that mm. time. So um, Murray is pretty proven, to be fair, in the lower leagues. I mean, I know he hasn't scored many points prior to the last few weeks, but he hasn't really played. And in the lower leagues... Great strike rate for them last season. So it's it's not a bad punt as an alternative uh, third-choice striker. No, and he has done it in the Premier League, albeit a few years ago, but he scored seven goals, five assists in like in literally under 900 minutes of play. So 
That is that's good returns. I mean, to be honest, it is a, a big punt, particularly at the age of thirty-five or whatever it is. But but yeah, if you're chasing, and you want to have a, a bit of a standout punt, then there's your man for this week. So I'll move us on to the five thirty fixture: West Ham versus Liverpool. Well, interesting, this one. Iceman, do you want to lead us off? Yeah, this one's a, a little bit more exciting than what we were just talking about. I think Liverpool, they're getting their standard amount of chances in each game. Uh, obviously, Coutinho was injured in the last game and Salah missed that penalty. But he had chances, he got an assist, potentially away from 18 points if he got that goal. So it's a mm. massive swing just on him missing that penalty and that really did hurt people who captained him uh, like me and Craig. <laughs> uh, so, Painful. <laughs> uh, Klopp. Klopp did joke that Salah would be off penalties and it would go to Sturridge, but I'm not actually sure whether he will do that or not. Uh, I did see. I looked at the game before. I know it's Liverpool defence, but I did look at Gomez and Mourinho. Uh, they seem to be getting starts at the moment, and they did get a clean sheet, and they have got some easy fixtures. If you've got that 4.5 option, I do think they'll be tempting, even for the short term. I suppose if you've got a wild card still, I would probably definitely opt for one of these guys. And if looking at stats, I'd probably actually choose Moreno because he looks to get forward quite well and gets a, a lot of crosses into the box. We also had a question. I'll just lead us off with this question. We have Mikhail L. Danielsen has just put, um, what's your Coutinho plans? Craig, what would you do if you had Coutinho at the moment? I would definitely sell him purely on the basis, even if he is back this week or the week after. I think there's better options, even in the Liverpool ranks. I think, you know, Salah's only 0.3 different um, in terms of price um, and Salah's your man. But that said, there's there's a lot of, of players around that price point. I mean, Sane is still only 8.7 million. So straight swap and you get 0.2 mil back. Seems like a bit of a no-brainer. So yeah, there's 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 too many options that are presenting themselves around that sort of eight and a half mil, nine and a half mil bracket. You've just got to you know get off them. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, mate. Yeah, I think that just switching to Salah is probably the the best option. I think there's still loads mm. of points in that Liverpool team. Yeah, definitely. So, chaps, what about um, what about West Ham then? Well, I think West Ham are just all a bit up in the air at the moment aren't they I think they've had a couple more injuries as well I've heard that Jose Font won't be won't be playing in this game by looking at some of the early news and team news for the weekend I think they're just going to be in a, it looks like they could be in a bit of trouble around the back again I can see Liverpool personally getting a good couple of goals here um, I thought they were going to go a bit to town on Huddersfield I mean they've still got three but I, I sort of expected them to really bounce back from their previous hammering uh, on the previous game week to, to Spurs. I thought they'd get four or five and do one of those those sort of trademark Liverpool route performances. And I think they, they will go and do well down here, I think. So West Ham assets just struggling at the moment. I mean, Chikorito's got a great pedigree, right? So at that price, he, he, he should get sort of 13 to 15 goals this season. It's, it's just difficult. They just don't look like a team that are gelling and clicking at the moment, do they? No, they, they certainly don't. And I do hope that Chikorito doesn't get 13 goals because we've actually got a bet on with Woodsy at the moment <laughs> that Lacazette would actually <laughs> score more goals than Chikorito. So I'm hoping that uh, Lacazette can probably score more than 13. But I do yeah, think that... We've actually, go we've actually got um, Iceman. On that bet, we actually have a comment... Uh, mm-hmm. from Woodsy, which he sent me, which I'm going to play now. 
little bit of banter for you uh, as requested by the host. Jim, how's this uh, bet going on of uh, Lacazette and uh, Hernandez? You'd think that the top scorer in the French league, uh, who, you know, stats-wise is above and beyond, um, and with everything he's got around him, the likes of Ozil and Sanchez, and basically just on paper an overall better team, would be absolutely smashing our bet. Yet there's only one goal in it. So who will score the most Premier League goals in the season? <laughs> Let's hope it's Hernandez, mate, and he keeps West Ham out of relegation. And... <laughs> I will win money and kudos from you. <laughs> Strong fighting talk from uh, from Woodsy there. The thing is, he knows it's not going to happen. Lacazette's already winning uh, five goals to four, so I'm still quite confident in my bet here. And he's going. What be, was put uh, on this bet? Uh, just considerable <laughs> amount of money. <laughs> just none, a lot of pride. I, I wish to divulge. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in the bag, surely. No. Uh, you've got to think that Lacazette's going to outscore Chicharito, but oh, stranger things too. have happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but what was your <laughs> going back to FPL talk? Um, just uh, bypassing Woodsy. So uh, thanks for your contribution there, Woodsy. But going back to your shout on Font, is he injured at the moment? Mm. Uh, because if that is the case, then I mean we are looking mm. at Liverpool assets for captain options now, aren't we? Really, you've got got to be mm-hmm. yeah he's got a knock um he's not completely ruled out at the weekend um and i think if you go on fpl he's probably only flagged as a 75 percent risk or something like that when i looked earlier but yeah they've got nose have a letter reads a doubt collins so he hasn't been playing recently and um ogbon has just come in started to play quite well for them but it is just completely chop and change at the moment around that back line and it just doesn't really promote consistency does it or positive results yeah, uh, Captain Salah is uh, yeah. a hashtag on this one. I, th- I think so. Uh, it's not a bad shout. You know, we- we've we've all seen the news today around Harry Kane. It's obviously brought everyone up in arms within the FPL community, and you just, just don't know, do you? I mean, I mean, it's going to take a brave man not to captain him if he's looking likely to get any form of game time, even twenty minutes against Palace. He could probably get two goals, but. I think if you aren't leaning towards the Spurs man, well, Salah could be your man. Yeah, I mean, look at back in May this year, Liverpool went to West Ham. They actually smashed him 4-0. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be goals in this one because the game before that, they drew 2 all. So, yeah, I can see mm. a few goals, especially from Liverpool side here. I think it's a good shout. And, uh, yeah, so West Ham have been looking fairly frail this season against uh, an informed Liverpool side. Plenty of goals there. Chaps, you, you mentioned Harry Kane, and the next game is, I love this one, Spurs versus Palace. Um, <laughs> Craig, as I gave you the duff fixture earlier, let me let me allow you to, to begin on this one. Well, um, I think the safe bet here is Christian Eriksen. At the end of the day, we're still not 100% um, well, it hasn't been 100% confirmed that Harry Kane will play in this. We need to wait and see, don't we, really, tomorrow. I think if, if he gets any minutes tomorrow, it, like I say, it'll take a brave man not to have him in their team and captain him. Um, he, who, who, who knew that he was going to be back so quickly? I mean, he did say, I mean, Pochettino did say it was only a minor thing, but you just never know with these things. There's a lot of these managers playing games these days. So you just don't really know where you stand, to be honest. Yeah. You have to uh, wait until they're actually in that lineup, don't you? Um, but as, as we've seen with... with Peps, uh, Man City lottery. Um, I, I, I can only see this going one way. I think Harry Kane or no Harry Kane, um, you've got 
Husum Min, who's gonna gonna you know gonna play well if he plays in this line. He didn't obviously do too well against Man United. I think they were they were really lacking that sort of hold up man up front. But I mean, Palace are just all over the place at the moment. I think Zaha and you know, Loftus Cheek might might do something in the game or certainly look a threat. But I could see this being perhaps three 0 to to Spurs. So defensive assets great. Um, you've got a bit of bit of worry, I guess, around the whole Trippier or yeah, and Davies there at the moment. But I think Davies is still their best choice in that back line, and I still think that he is first choice left bank as well. So the other one, just to add to that, is what I've been watching the season, and purely because of not just statistically but performance wise, Jan Vertonghen doesn't half fancy a stroll upfield. Hmm. Like if you if you watch him, he really does break forward, and I think he's actually played left wing back in uh, one or two games for them this season. So, um, you know, I think he's also nailed on to play more so than the fullback. So I agree with you completely. I, I think Ben Davis is a is a sound choice, but if you wanted yeah. somebody more nailed, I would say Vertonghen probably sure. falls into that category as well. What what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, mate. I think that he he's definitely going to be starting more than nearly every game. He, he also gets to play in that left wing back role when Davis isn't playing. So yeah, he could become fruitful. He, just just over the course of the season, I mean, yeah, but agree with that completely. He's point two more than Davis, but he's he scored only eleven less points. So yeah, um, points and you could argue points. that over the course of the season that's significant. But yeah. I, yeah, I think he's a good option. Yeah, we had a question from uh, at FIFA Wailed. Uh, it's just, but get rid of Babis or keep? What do you reckon on that one then, Craig? Do you reckon people should be getting rid or keeping him? Oh, I would I would keep. I think there was a window probably a week or two back where everyone was sort of up in arms with this and were certainly questioning his long-term involvement in their team and with Spurs. Uh, I, just, I just don't... I, I was actually just sort of running this through my mind to work out what I was going to do because I also own Davies and I was considering moving him out for a, say a lesser player like a Gomez as we talked about earlier from Liverpool because it does provide again for me it would provide me 1.2 million to reinvest but his, his his credentials this year when playing are absolutely phenomenal I mean they're head and shoulders above any defender I think he's tried I'll have to look at it um, shortly but he's tried a number of attempted assists and it's, he stands way beyond um, the next best thing so I think you've got to keep him for now I, I, personally I don't see Rose or an Aurier it's not his natural position so he would be basically threatening Trippier as we saw from the weekend just gone when he played in, in, in front of Trippier um, so yeah I think Davies is I think Davies is kind of still not nailed on strong expression but I think he's yeah he's he, he stick with it's always going to be a little bit of a worry for me. He's in my team as well. He's in most people's team, unless you got rid of him last week. But the uh, it's mm. always going to be that little bit of worry every week whether he'll start or not, which is why you yeah. need to have a good bench. Uh, so I agree. Worry. Chaps, can we um can we say anything good about Palace? I mean, Zaha, fantastic strike at the end there mm. to uh, to get them the draw. Not exactly exhilarating under Woy, but a few more goals. Oh, he's, he's a great player. I. I really, really like him. I like his style. He's obviously exciting from a fantasy Premier League perspective as well because he's very direct. He's playing out of position with Benteke out. I think he's better than Benteke as well. I feel like Benteke just sort of slows the play down. He's got the the ability to to you know get the goals uh, when called upon, but he's just been terrible over the last sort of couple of seasons. So yeah, I really like Zaha. Really like his play. I love his trickery. Always going to cause problems and. 
he is selfish, so he will have a shot or two uh, over the course of the game. So you've always got a potential that he get your points. But at the moment, I'm sitting on Loftus' cheek because um, I've obviously gone with the power three at the front, so I need to obviously make compensations elsewhere. And for me, hopefully Loftus' cheek will sort of provide me the points that I might well miss with someone like Zahar. Look, Palace are terrible at the moment. They're not in form. But since Zaha's come back, they've looked more of a threat going forward. And Loftus-Cheek hasn't been playing recently either through injury. But if anyone's watched him play and given him the eye test, again, he's another beast. He's very direct. He you know, out-muscles players off the ball. He was really, really good in the last game. Um, and yeah, if there's going to be assists or goals, it will come from those two. Yeah, it's totally yeah I think it's, that's a nice shot. There's, there's really only two players for them, isn't there, that we can we can probably take seriously. So, um, anyone else to add on Palace, Iceman? Uh, no, just to totally agree with that. Loftus Street created four chances, got the assists, had two attempts on goal, and as we mentioned, Zaha mm. is selfish. He did take six attempts against West Ham. Uh, he's got two goals in his last three, but. Uh, I think I'd rather wait after this Spurs game, even after the Everton game, even though Everton are in free fall. But after that, they've got a real good Garden of Green. So, yeah, I feel like I may be bringing in uh, Zaha. But I do, like like Craig, I do have lost his cheek, so I'll probably just hang on to him instead. Mm. OK. Well, chaps, let's move on to our next fixture. So we get on to the second game of Super Sunday, which is City versus Arsenal. All sorts of conflicts here for me personally. I've got two Arsenal players, three City players. City have actually got some, well, City are the team at the moment, aren't they? So whoever they play, they're going to be favourites. But particularly if you look at their fixtures after this one, it makes it hard to downgrade any or take out any of their players for this. Um, Arsenal getting the win over the weekend and sort of back in the contention for the top five at the moment. Iceman, your beloved Arsenal, how do you see him faring in this one? I don't see them faring that well. I mean, like we've got the capabilities to kind of defend well against the top teams, but City are just too good, and I don't think Mertesaka is going to be stopping Guerrero and Jesus on Sterling, Sane. Like these are the players which are just going to dominate. So I can't see much of a clean sheet here for Arsenal. I wouldn't actually be bringing anyone in from Arsenal. Last week, a lot of people were all over Arsenal because we played well against Everton, but you've got to remember Everton are a bad team. We've now got two tough teams to play against. I know if we do start with Ozil Sanchez and Lacazette up top, we do look pretty promising, but Lacazette not involved again in the last game and also came off because he's not getting involved. So I would actually just stay away from the Arsenal players. Ozil does have a lot of hope for future games, but no, not for now. Uh, But moving to City, we've got so many questions based on them. Uh, FPL Maz is just saying, do you think City rotation is worth the risk? Now, what's your your opinion on that, Craig? What are you saying for them? I I certainly think it is worth the risk at the moment because the players are getting minutes. We've seen this weekend that Sterling's come on 29 minutes. He's got seven points, which is certainly better than what Sanchez provided in 90 minutes. So I think there's still the potential there. Of course, it's frustrating, but I think if you're gonna if you're gonna opt for a couple of them, you've just got to be patient. If you opt for a couple and they don't play, i.e., I opted for Aguero this week, didn't play, zero points. You, you're buying them at eleven and a half million in the game. It's increasingly frustrating, but he's likely to play against Arsenal this weekend and do some damage. You've just got to be a bit patient. You can't be hot, stick with a couple, or you just don't bother. 
Yeah, I I agree with you there, mate. I, you've just got to kind of accept that they're they're going to get huge hauls and they're going to get benched as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the the options there are endless. They there's just that they can rotate in and out, and you don't even notice that anything's gone wrong with their team. But Leroy Sane seems to be Pep's new man at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, he does. Doesn't he? He's I mean, most nailed on. Yeah, we used to think it was uh, Jesus. I think it was last year that uh, we thought Jesus was Pep's man, but Jesus didn't actually get a shot on goal in the last games. So uh, if you're looking at any transfers, I think Sane will be the one to, to bring in from City if, you, if you're looking to just bring in one of their assets. I think he's the main one. He scored eight goals across all competitions with three coming away from home and sits top of the uh, FPL rankings at the moment. So, yeah, I think that he's going to be the one that you should be bringing into your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, they've just got so many options, haven't they, with, with uh, Sterling potentially either starting or coming off the bench. That You've got the Champions League this week, so it'll be interesting to see how that affects things. Um, so it sounds like City-wise, it's as we were last week, kind of, you know, pick your, pick your chips, gamble. Not too many sort of nailed, but mm. we can expect some kind of haul. Yeah, I don't. What about Arsenal? So I, I, I don't think people should get rid of Sterling or even make that sideways move to Sane because I, I still think that he's still a great FPL asset to have. He's got his mm. seventh goal of the season, and uh, even though he was benched, like you say, I do think he's going to start ahead of Bernardo Silva this game because I think mm. they need him. Uh, also, I think Walker's going a bit up overlooked he he seems to keep getting the assists and I do think they've got clean sheets in them and just a word word of warning on Otamendi he's on four yellow cards at the moment so he's one away from a suspension although saying that you could probably just bench him if he does get suspended Mm, one thing that I've picked up on which actually I was a little bit surprised about is the fact that over the last five games Arsenal's top five players in terms of shots on target is actually well, accumulatively more than shots on target that City have produced. So Arsenal oh, produced 31 shots on target and City have produced 27. So they actually produced four more shots on target than Man City, yet you've obviously got Man City scoring, you know, a heap for more, more of goals. So I find that quite interesting. And then if you also look at attempted assists as well, um, it's actually 50 attempted assists for Man City and 46 for Arsenal. Wow. So it's just it's just about conversion ratio, isn't it, when you look at it like that? I mean, what have City scored over the, over the last five game weeks? I'm just looking at that here. So 6, 13, 17, crikey, like 23 goals versus Arsenal's, by the look at this, 1, 3, 5, 10, 12. <laughs> half. Yeah, yeah. But, there, but look, look. I guess what that proves is that the output is there. The players are there. Like, you know, you're just, just not converting it. Sanchez has had nine shots on target in the last five games. The best for Man City is Kevin De Bruyne was six, Leroy Sane was six. So, and Ramsey's actually had eight shots on target in the last five games. So he's ahead of, of, of De Bruyne, Sane, Haim Sterling, Aguero and Silva as well. Ramsey's smashed it the last two weeks. Bully did call it last week as well. We have got another question from uh, FPL Troll just saying, let's talk about Ramsey. Uh, well, he's got 50 goals for Arsenal now. He seems to be on fire, really. But... He seems to do it in the smaller games for me. That's what I mentioned last week. He He's a bit up and down, but mm. I, I can't see him scoring every single game. But as you mentioned, he's got loads of shots. It could happen, mm. but I'm just staying away from it for, for now. 
Yeah, he's definitely one to monitor, isn't he? He's a, he's a proper workhorse, and he always gets into the positions around that 18-yard box to basically unleash a shot, and he's not afraid to. So he's definitely one to, to watch because that's what you want from an FPL asset, right? You want someone that is going to be having shots on goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you look at the games where he's played 90 minutes this season, so a full game, um, in four of those he's got six points or more so when he's starting and he's playing he seems to be doing it I mean I definitely think there's something to be said about Sanchez being with Ramsey but also his confidence this season like I said last week running beyond the attacking midfielder is almost rotating into that number 10 type role it, it just suits him so well running beyond the attacking midfielder mm-hmm. and striker He's he's got a bit of confidence at the moment, Ramsey. So he's still in my team. Um, I probably am going to play him against City because I think he's the sort of player that will get into the box and cause them trouble. But I agree, Iceman. I think it's look at him with caution. Yeah, yeah. We we also had we had another question from Bill Fran. He's just put stick or twist with Sanchez. So obviously he's got Sanchez in. Don't know whether he got him in for the last game or the game before, but. Do you reckon people should move away from him or just hold on for now? I, just, I was just going to jump in here because I think the other thing about Sanchez, he, unlike the others, is a big game player. We've got City next. Then we've got Tottenham at home and Sanchez does have a decent record against Spurs. Then Burnley away in Huddersfield. You know, it's a run of games. that I think as he builds confidence, Sanchez, you're going to see him come back into form. I think if you were invested in him, I would, I would definitely stick at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think you've already got him, so you may as well just stick for now. Unless you've got like two transfers that you really want to bring in the likes of maybe uh, Hazard or someone, but they've got uh, Man United, so I wouldn't even go there. Yeah, I'd, I'd hang on. Craig? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, look, if you've invested the money, you've probably only done it recently, right? So you've got to give them four or five games at least. You don't, you don't want to have that money just burning a hole there, but... He's a big game player, as you just said, and he's playing away at City, who were linked with him um, in the summer window. He's probably going to want to put on a bit good show. And then you've got Spurs at home, which is a big derby game, which he loves, right? He's got that South American fight, fighter spirit in him, hasn't he? So yeah. he'll probably be bang up for that. He could come away in these next two games with you know, a couple of goals and, say, 15, 20 points. So he's kind of fixture-proof. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Bully, you do have a class match, don't you? He did go off injured. Um, He did say it was just a tight hip, so he should be back for the next game. But yeah, he did play really well in the last game, didn't he, with that goal and assist. I think that him and Sanchez are connecting well now. And I I, I know that Arsene mentioned in the uh, post-match interview that he said move the play more down the left because in the first half, Bellerin was being blocked down that right. So, And it does look like Sanchez, because Sanchez is a bit of a selfish player where he only seems to pass to the players which he likes. And he does pass to Kolasinac because I've been watching Sanchez for ages now and you can just see that normally he just mostly passes to Ozil because that he's like the only person that you trust but he looks like he enjoys passing to Kolasinac so that is hopeful down that left hand side not only for Arsenal but for both FPO assets as well that's really interesting I've got to say, if Kalasinac asked for the ball, I would have no uh, hesitation giving it to him either. He was <laughs> no uh, just, just to add to that, Iceman, with Kalasinac, of, of the nine games he's played this season, in six of them he scored five points or more, which just shows, a bit like Alonso last season, he does offer attacking and defensive returns. Mm. Yeah, see, I mentioned last week that he maybe is not looking to be the Alonso of last year. I mean, like, one game week, and it 
can all change, can't it? Really, he he might be. Well, who knows? But uh, he's got some. T- we, we've got some tough fixtures coming up, so we'll see. We, we do. I mean, his his ceiling is higher than I thought it would be. There's been a couple where he's busted ten already, which is good. I agree. He's not quite in the Alonso territory, just purely because he's not on the free kicks. And we don't play with the same style as Chelsea did last year. But I, I do think across the course of the season, um, he will he will offer good returns for Arsenal. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I'd like to get him into my side if I could afford it, for sure. Also, I just I, I think if Kyle Walker plays directly against him in this City fixture, it would be interesting to see if they go four at the back against Arsenal or 3-4-3 or three, three with their, their kind of, um, I suppose, when they use their wing-backs. Because I think Kolasinac will pin Walker back. I don't think it's going to be an easy day for Carl Walker, so I'd be interested to see that battle. Mm, that will be a good one. Right, chaps, I'm going to move us on. So we've got two um, fairly big fixtures left. First of all, I suppose you could argue if the City-Arsenal one isn't the biggest, Chelsea versus Manchester United. The two teams trying to keep up with City. This is a huge fixture psychologically. Whoever comes out of this with a three points or even a draw. Chelsea, of course, sitting in fourth at the moment. So, Craig, big fixture. Who do you like in this? Oh, defenders probably again in this one, knowing Mourinho. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's got Phil Jones written all over it, isn't he? I mean, I'm I'm surprised that Phil Jones isn't actually owned by a lot more people in FPL at the moment. I mean, yeah. he's only he's only five point three million at the moment. Was five million at the start of the season. He's actually only just crept over ten percent ownership recently, which is it's, it's astonishing, really. He's got fifty eight points. Um, across the, the 10 games and he's played all, all the games I guess there's, you've always got to err on the side of caution with Jones because he's so injury prone it's unbelievable and um, you know there are some very very good centre backs uh, well I say very very good there's some high profile names I don't know how good they actually are really uh, at United but um, but yeah certainly him and Bailly I think are very very solid at the back so Mourinho won't want to go there and get sort of his pants pulled down. So again, it will be a defensive setup. He'll work to United's strengths. I don't see there being a lot of goals. I subbed out or transferred out Lukaku for Aguero um, previous to this game week uh, with that, that sort of mind in thought, really, because I didn't, just don't see Lukaku scoring against Spurs or Chelsea. I could be proven wrong. Uh, obviously, that backfired because Aguero didn't play. But um, yeah, going forward, I think. United have been a little bit quieter of late. They really do miss Pogba. Um, I don't know if you guys feel the same about that, but I feel that he was an orchestrator. And I think people are quick to judge. You know, he came, didn't he, with a bit to the Premier League with that huge price tag, and then everyone just wants to sort of lambast him a little bit and everyone is quick to sort of judge and, and pass comment for sort of comedic value. But he is an unreal talent. He really, really is. He completely dominates the game in the midfield. He links defence to attack. Um, he's comfortable on the ball and he's got goals in him. I think as he proved at the start of this season. And he's on his way back. Uh, obviously too early for him in this one. But yeah, I just don't see much coming from United in this one really. Maybe the odd goal. Don't know where it will come from. And Chelsea, I, th- I, th- I think they will try and have a good go at this. They've definitely got a couple of goals in them with this. With Pedro, Hazard and Morata seemingly all striking a chord um, from what I've seen um, in the last game or two. So, um, yeah, they could score, but I could have this one down as kind of like a 1-1 and um, perhaps not huge point potential in this. I ju- yeah, just to add to what you're saying there about um, about Pogba, it seems to be having Matic next to him, just to let him off his leash a little bit. And like you say, he was just a complete box-the-box midfielder at the start of the season. Just looks absolutely awesome. Every bit's a £90 million midfielder. 
Mm. Um, so I think when he comes back, United will. will I, I can see them getting back towards their four and five nil victories once yeah, again. Absolutely. Um, equally, you know, Rashford's looked great this season. Martial, yes. Lukaku, um, they've won two nil again tonight. Uh, once again, the Iceman will hate me for mentioning the Champions League, but I do think it's relevant. Two <laughs> uh, nil victory against Benfica. Nobody of significant scoring. And by and seemingly Jones was rested in this one as well. So mm. uh, Martial did miss a penalty, if that's of any interest to anybody. So, yes. So I agree with you there. I think going forward, again, Iceman called it a few weeks back that Lukaku would dry up for a few weeks. Great mm. shout from him. But I think defence is where the, the chips are this week. Iceman? Yeah. Uh, yeah, agree with all of the above. Just that Maratta, a lot of people were bringing him in. He missed a sitter. Apparently, he came out today that he's not happy living in London. I'm not sure if that's going to mm. affect him. But he's not actually playing 19 minutes now, so that might affect uh, his minutes. But yeah, I can see another clean sheet. They've got eight so far this season, United. So yeah, Jones is the best defensive option there is out there. He's uh, the biggest bargain. Uh, also picking up the free bonus points. I mean, like with the Chelsea assets, I would actually wait a week to actually bring them in because I was looking at Pedro. I did have Hazard. He does look lively and he looks up for it now. He scored in the last game and could have got a couple of assists. Favagas could have scored again for the second week running. So again, if you've got him, I wouldn't necessarily be taking them out because he does get a few chances. He got four attempts in the last game. So he is probably a good asset to have because they have got some good fixtures after this. So if you've got the Chelsea players, I wouldn't necessarily get rid, but I wouldn't necessarily bring any in for this particular fixture because Jose is going to make it boring and, yeah, it's going to be a low-scoring game. That they've also been torn apart by Roma tonight, 3-0. Yeah, 3-0, I yeah. saw that. So they're down in confidence, Man United are up in confidence. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Okay. So, not as exciting this fixture as I made out. Sorry, everyone. Uh, let's move on to our final game of the game week. Uh, Everton versus Watford. What a brilliant season for Everton. Koeman's gone now. Um, playing a Watford side that have really impressed uh, in the earlier parts of this season. Iceman, if I come to you first for this one. Well, everyone was, had high hopes for Richarlison. He failed to deliver, but apparently he only plays well away from home. He missed two big chances against Stoke, and he missed a couple of big chances in the game before as well. But I'm not losing faith in him. He just doesn't seem to have the greatest of finishes, really. But he is young. Who knows? He just might be having a little bit of a rusty spell, considering he's missing these chances. But, I'm yeah, I'm hanging on to him. I'm playing him for this particular game. Everton just seem to be in free fall. Nothing's going right for them. Unsworth doesn't know what he's doing in my opinion and uh, I don't know what he's doing I think he took Rooney off at half time as well whereas Rooney's their biggest creator otherwise there's not really anyone from Everton which I would go anywhere near Rooney maybe but I still wouldn't I still wouldn't bring him in No what about you Craig what are your thoughts on this one Yeah Richarlison is the standout he looks very good a really really good acquisition by Marco Silva I think he will stay in my um, FPL team for, for the most part of the season, of course, barring injury or a significant drop in form. He looks um, to be that kind of that Zaha player we were talking about earlier who who sort of, you know, all of the attack goes through him and he has that element of sort of selfishness purely because he's so good, you know, like the Sanchez's, the Richarlison's, the Zaha's and the, they have that 
they sort of exude confidence. So I'm going to keep him in because, you know, that's what you want. You want that type of player in your FPL team that are going to always have a go at goal. Elsewhere from Watford, um, I quite like Kiko Firmino. I think he looks yeah. good at the back, right? And I think, again, he's been talked up sort of the, the online channels and across Twitter because he does look like a very, very good player. He's looked very accomplished going forward. And Watford did seem um, to be keeping clean sheets at the start. Of course, that seems to have um, um, sort of faltered a little bit, I guess, in the last couple of games. But certainly looked like they could be relatively solid there. So they'll be my two players to look out for those. Um, I'm not too sure how this is going to go. I feel like Everton might win this. I don't know why, but they've been so bad that they just like literally can't get any worse. They've only scored five goals in the last five games, which, well, it's not too bad, but... It certainly isn't great, particularly when you look at who has scored in their last five games. They've got Uma Nies has scored three goals. I mean, that's three out of the five. You'd expect, you know, they've got the likes of Sigurdsson, Rooney. Um, they've got, you know, players that are not even playing like Morales and, and players like this that, are, you know, should be playing and playing well and getting goals. And they've brought in players like Calvert-Lewin, who just hasn't hasn't taken his chance. I think he's played seven games now in the, and, and, and not scored or something like that. So um, that's what I was reading the other day. So, yeah done well in Europe but not so well in the domestic competition so there's just not really a lot for me to invest I don't think at the moment in in sort of these um, these players for Everton it's all a bit up in the air isn't it it really is yeah I think it's um, it's a bit of a horror show for, for them at the moment and I hope they turn it around because I do like Everton as a club so yeah um, Chaps, that brings us to the end of the uh, the 10 game week fixtures. And I think it's that time again for everyone's favourite feature. Cue elevator music as the Iceman heads off for a break. Thank you, Billy. Okay, I'm also leaving the desk just quickly. <laughs> I think I might have a quick wee if you don't you know mind. What? Everybody, let's go. <laughs> Back in two. you enjoyed that brief interlude it's time to sum up so stoke versus leicester everyone vardy mares look decent attacking options as alternatives the iceman likes damari gray as a punt and they've actually got some decent uh, defensive options leicester we talked about simpson morgan with craig shouting chilwell as a good differential chupa moteng seems to be the one for stoke at the moment and shawcross looks a decent defensive option Huddersfield versus West Brom. We very swiftly moved on to the next fixture, but briefly said if you've got any defenders, this one's got Boar Draw written all over it. Newcastle versus Bournemouth. Elliot looks at a good shouting goal. Uh, also with their upcoming fixtures, Daniels looks at a decent option as well with his attacking returns. Stanislas uh, is a form player. As long as he's not injured, we're told there's a groin injury. We need to monitor, watch this space. Saints versus Burnley. Um, well, it's all about the defences again. Me, Ward and Pope are good options for Burnley. Cedric for the Saints. And the only thing we had good to say about the Saints attack was Gabby Adini is a troll. Uh, Swansea versus Brighton. We talked about AU, but more probably promisingly, Abraham as a rotation option up front. Cheap price. Good potential in this fixture. Duffy, Gross and as a differential, Big differential, Murray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, West Ham versus <laughs> their attacking options. Salah, Firmino look pretty good. West Ham, we don't hold out a lot of hope for them with their uh, injured defence at the moment. Could be some captain options in this one. The Sunday fixtures, Spurs versus Palace. The Messiah returns, Harry Kane. 
Uh, Ericsson, though, looks the more safe option, depends on how fit Kane is. Davis, we think, absolutely is safe in this one, and Vertonghen could be a good nailed-on option for the Spurs. Um, Zaha and Loftus-Cheek, uh, good attacking options at cheaper prices for Palace. City versus Arsenal, we're finding it really tough to nail on a player for City. So you choose, uh, and then you run with the risk of if they're going to be benched or not. Um, we talked about Ramsey, Sanchez, and Kolasinac for the Gunners. Kolasinac, more of a punt in this one, given the City attack. Chelsea versus Man United, actually, I was really looking forward to this, and all we came out with really was Jones for Man United. So get creative with that one. And finally, Everton versus Watford. Uh, again, both sides falling off in recent weeks. We like Richarlison and Firmino. Guys, th- there's a real theme of disappointment about these fixtures this week. The, uh, the, the first few we spoke about, sort of Pete with Spurs, and it went down again. So, uh, yeah, really exciting game week coming up. <laughs> nice, nice sum up, Paul. Just a quick disclaimer. Uh, we hold no responsibility yeah. for players that are benched in the corresponding fixture following our recommendations on this podcast. Yeah, after 75 <laughs> episodes of the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast, we thought now was the right time to add that in. So thank you, Ice. <laughs> yeah. um, chaps, we're going to need some captain choices after that exhilarating list of fixtures. Iceman, do you want to... Uh, actually, no, Craig, you're the guest. Who's the Who's the captain for this week? Uh, I would, would hedge my bets on I will be captaining Kane or Salah. I like it. Well, I'm uh, I, I'm going to think if Harry's fit, he's going to play. And if he's playing against the cannon fodder that is Palace, Harry is my man. Iceman? Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be Harry. We did have a, a question from FPL Bob at Stefan3424. He's just put, what's the top captain pick for the next game week? Taking fixture and form in con- into consideration. So uh, I think the top captain pick will be Kane if he is fit. But I think that Salah could be a good backup option. At the moment, I'm actually uh, captaining Salah just because I think with West Ham and their defence taking a beating by the sounds of it, um, I think there's just going to be goals here. Salah's going to be angry that he missed the penalty last week. I think that even with that, I think he might be a better option than Kane. Interesting, yeah. I think it's, it depends if Kane is fit or not, doesn't it, at the end of the day. We need to keep our eye on the... Um reports over the next few days it just it just seems too good a fixture doesn't it for Kane yeah. against the, the Crystal Palace side so okay if I had, if I had Ericsson I would would I would yeah definitely look at him as well I think he's due as well Ericsson yeah definitely he's got oh, that there it sneaky is. 15 to 17 point pointer in him isn't he he gets it all the time a couple of times a season so it could be the game he yep. is due mm-hmm. um, Iceman Let's turn to social media. What, what questions have been coming in? Yep, loads of Twitter questions as usual. Sorry if we don't get to answer them all. First question is from one from <clears throat> FPL Sexy again. Uh, it's just uh, with the rotation of the top teams uh, massive this year, is this the year of the bench? Do we and should we have great benches? So I think we've been shouting this since the pep rotation has been really taken full swing I think it's just you do need a good bench you do need the likes of Loftus-Cheek and Carroll and even uh, I think you should go with the two 4.5 defenders if you really want to go all the way down that far Um, because I think that you do need a decent bench with all this rotation with City even with Tottenham's wing backs if you're going to hang on to Davis I think that a new bench is needed are you, you guys in agreement on that one? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I tried to have at least two players that are gonna uh, or can come into the 
um, into the four if a couple of players don't play. So yeah, I completely agree. You've got to have some strength in depth when you're playing fantasy football. I've seen some teams recently actually where there's no bench and they're not performing too badly, but it's only a matter of time before that just goes sour. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. I think, um, I, I think to be fair as well, this season there's enough cheaper players to provide you with like rotation options on the bench as well. Like Gross is next to nothing. We talked about Firmino earlier as a cheap defender. You know, there's there's plenty of cheaper players that are going to give you value on the bench to come on. Carroll, I still think it's a good option. So yeah, I think it's worth really thinking about your you know your last three three four men. Yeah. I agree with that. Chris Jacob is just asking Son for Spurs. Is he a good option? It's difficult with him, isn't it? I think um, I think I still think Son's always going to get you know an even amount of game time because if you look at Ali this season, just not quite doing it compared to the exploits of last year. I do think Spurs are going to keep the faith in him, but with Kane seemingly you know with the injury over the last week or so, I think that. Even if he does start against Palace, I can see him having a good game. But I also think that perhaps they'll err on the side of caution. So I still think Son will be rotated, rotated in one way or another. Um, he's slightly cheaper as well than Ali and Eriksson. So he, he would be a bit of a punt because he's not nailed. But I still think he's going to get enough game time like Sterling to, to score points. Yeah, he could. He only got the one attempt starting up front in the last game. I think he does play better when Kane is playing and he actually plays with him. So if he does start, which he was when Kane was playing, I do think that he could be potential. 7.9, it's just you're always going to be wary of those minutes. And and yeah, Song is going to be a risk no matter what. What do you reckon, Craig? Yeah, he doesn't look to have nailed down a spot as of yet like he kind of did at the latter part of last season. When he when he did last season, he was well, he was worth his weight in gold, wasn't he? He was, he was weighing in with double point hauls and all sorts. Um, I, I I really like him as a player. I think again, he's that that player that that will be direct and will uh, have a shot from kind of nowhere and, and can also create things kind of out of nowhere. So I I, I rate him. I actually quite like to see um, them line up again in, in that type of fashion that they did at the end of last year where they were dominating games. Do you remember when they were kind of, I think they beat Leicester something ridiculous, didn't they, where Harry Kane got four goals, he got three goals against Hull or something. Mm. Um, and that was when Son, Ali, Eriksson and Kane were all playing. I think that is, that's dangerous. But I think with the formation at the moment, it doesn't really lend itself to, to Son, Ali, Eriksson and Kane all playing, does it, I guess? And he's got to probably tread carefully with kind of Champions League commitments and stuff. Yeah, nah, totally agree with that, mate. Yep. Um, we also had another one here from DTN. It's just put, what are your season set and forget players? Do you have any set and forget players, guys, Bully? Set and forget, uh, Harry Kane. And that's it? <laughs> no, that's it at the moment. <laughs> Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah. Craig, you got anyone to add from that one? Um, well, I guess it's too early days to really be throwing names out, I guess. But Salah looks like the one that you have to just keep in at the moment because he's just, you know, his stats are good. And he seems everything seems to be going through. And we know Liverpool are pretty explosive when they want to be um, in front of goals. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I think he'll be in my team for the rest of the season, as well as Kane, uh, as Bully just pointed out. And... Phew, 
and one city attacker, but I don't know which one. So <laughs> that'll probably change invariably. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the same. We had a question last week whether we sh- you should just stick with three up top. I don't think there is any real set and forgets, even with Kane. He's got some tough fixtures coming up after this one, so I am even potentially thinking about removing, but uh, I'm in a way I'm just being silly. I'm probably just going to hang on to him. I don't think that you should kind of play the game in that mindset of thinking, oh, I'll just leave that because you may as well just create your team at the start of the season and leave it for the rest of the season. Was it a qu- sorry? Was it a question to ask set and forget for captains or for players? Just for players. Oh, just for players. Okay, fine. Yeah. So we were on the right line. Yeah, you were, I just you were. wanted to establish that. I was to say I'll be captain everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Moving on, we've got one from Ashley Roof. Who's just put? When is the best time to use free here? A lot of people used it in the last game week. And I think they might have failed of it bringing in like the likes of Sanchez and Lacazette. Uh, a game week like this one, where big teams face each other, or a double game week. Um, I think it's more or less on a blank game week when all the teams are blanking then that is probably the best time to use your free hit but any other opinions from you guys um yeah i mean it's, it's a really good idea you know when you get those sparse game weeks where you've got like you say you've only got six teams playing or something like that so that that would be the obvious one the only other one would be obviously when we know about the double game weeks as the season goes on you've got two hits at potentially a higher scoring double game week so you might get more benefit out of that. And the third option is saving it for the last day of the season where you might have the opportunity to make up ground on a mini-league leader by having the, the freedom of, of the players, so to speak. Mm. Okay. Wow, that's a good that's a good shout, Willie. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, <clears throat> I'd only heard of um, you know conversation around using it in a blank game week and a double game week as we just discussed, but yeah, no one's really sort of mentioned or tipped to use it in, in the final game week, which is, yeah, it makes a lot, of, a lot of sense behind that. Like you said, you can just hopefully completely manipulate your team and bring in players that maybe a, a main league rival does not have. I'm just thinking last season, because... Um... Our mini league at the top, it was me, Iceman, and a former surgeon called Charlie Parker. And uh, he had saved his wild uh, save his wild card, or was it his bench boost, Iceman? Uh, I think it was he he'd saved captain. a significant chip. I, I don't think it was triple cap. I, there was, I think it might have been bench boost. He'd saved a significant chip for the last day, and he got very, very close, and he was fairly far off in the weeks leading up to it. So, yeah, you've got options, though, haven't you, there? Yeah, you? definitely. Yeah. I think it's it's a shame. It's a shame for those that have used it this week because, like you said, it doesn't seem to have worked out very well. I think a lot of people that I've seen that have used it have probably got less points than perhaps what they would have done with their own team. So, a bit of a shame. But um, for me, I think with a headache of a blank game week, even though there might not be that many attractive fixtures, I think to save the hassle of having sort of five or six players and bringing in some dross over the weeks um, prior to that blank game week coming I might use it in a blank game week and just load up with 11 players that I think are going to score well perhaps yeah I guess it depends on who's obviously if, if you have like you know like you say only three or four fixtures but within that yeah. you've got City and United and Chelsea well that that mm. makes perfect sense doesn't exactly. it exactly yeah I think it's a it's, it's a monitor isn't it you've got to just monitor it and if if it doesn't look like it's going to have the, the the attractive fixtures in a blank game week, then then use your head and just try and you, you use it at the end of the season, just go crazy with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. We've got loads of other questions, but I just want to, uh, for my personal reference, I want these two answered. Spurs Leaf is just saying minus four to bring back Kane. 
for lack of flop or hide behind the sofa. Do you reckon people should be bringing back Kane? I mean, I, I'm looking at it like this. I do think Kane's going to score against Palace. So uh, I'm not sure if a minus four will be worth it. Depends if he does play against Real Madrid. If he does play against Real Madrid, I do think that he will play against Palace because I think that Spurs need to win after their loss against United. What's your opinion on that one, Craig? Um, well, yeah, I think he's got to be brought in at a must. If you've got yourself into a position where you have to use a minus four, you'll have to just swallow that, I think, and just go, well, I've got myself into this position, so I'll just accept that because I think if I find out or have any inkling that he's going to be getting 20 minutes on the weekend, he'll be straight in my team. <laughs> I'm not running at any risk of not having him. <laughs> I actually captained Kane as well for the first nine game weeks, so... Yeah, I um, heard. Yeah, yeah, I me heard and him have been going so, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it worked out in a few game weeks, um, which obviously just outweighed or, or sort of uh, sort of balanced itself out with the, the terrible ones at the start, where he got like four points through three game weeks, which was just horrific. Yeah, cool. I'm going to come to you with this one, Billy. Uh, so, replacing Silver with Sane from Stonefish uh, is just, but is that an essential move? Um, and I'm just going to throw one of mine into it. Would you then replace Sterling with Sane? So, would you make those sideward moves from Silver or Sterling to Sane? Based on form, Silver to if, if you the rest of your team is all right, and that's just the one because I'm in a similar position this week. Actually, Silver's the one player of the eleven that I'm not happy with, and it's going to be the one that I transfer. So, yeah, if, if you want to keep it on City, then I think that that Silver to Sane moving forward is a good move. Definitely, I probably wouldn't go Sterling to Sane because I think Sterling's attacking threat even off the bench is about equal to Sane at the moment. That may not make sense, but it, it doesn't in my head. Um, okay. So yeah, Silver yes, Sterling no. Yeah, Craig. Yeah, just the same. I think um, if I was in bully shoes and I had um, Silver in my team, I'd be very, very. Um, uh, I'd be very, very tempted to bring in um, Sane. Um, definitely, it seems like the actual ceiling for Sane is, is far outweighs what Silver can provide. Silver's not really had very many shots um, over the season. He's pretty sure he scored at the weekend, gone, but not had very many shots. Of course, he's he's done very well from an assist perspective but then Sane's got both so seems like a bit of a no-brainer that one for me but yeah. then from Sterling to Sane yeah I probably wouldn't do that I'd yeah. probably just hang fire for the time being. Silva's not really a goal scorer in my eyes he's more of a assister we had Dean Massey just put David Silva's better value out there at that price he seems the assist to the assist yeah I think you're right he could could be the assist to the assist so I probably would be moving away and uh, I would be making that sideways movement for uh, Silver, but not for Sterling. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Twitter. Bully, we've ran on far too long. We've got a pod which is massive. All lovely stuff, Iceman. All lovely stuff. Thanks for your questions again, listeners. Um, and that is my cue to round out the Halloween edition of the Fancy Football Surgery Ooh. podcast. I want to thank Ooh. Craig for joining us. <laughs> Craig. Yeah, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Craig. <laughs> Cheers, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, just one, one more time, if people want to pester you for advice, how can they do that? Uh, just follow me at FPL Editor on Twitter. Love it, and we'll certainly be getting into that. On a slightly sombre note, there's uh, news broken out during the pod uh, about what's happened in New York in the last 24 hours. So very sad to hear that, and thoughts go out to the families 
Um, but on this Halloween night, thanks for your attention listening once again. You can hit us up on fantasyfootballsurgery.com if you want to know a bit more about the surgeons. Uh, follow us on Facebook by typing in Fantasy Football Surgery. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes uh, and also listen to us on SoundCloud. All of our chat goes on at FF underscore surgery on Twitter. Uh, you can up the pod on Reddit. Uh, and you can also email the Iceman at ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. Iceman, did you get any clip arts last time? No, no clip art, no. <laughs> we did specifically ask for clip art. That is a shame. Yeah. You can join the Mini League by simply going to the website and the code is 1173 hyphen Why do I think that's missing a digit, Iceman? Because it's such a good number. It's so small that you think it's so good. Is is that is that right? One one seven three dash four five five from memory. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there you go. You can add it. Lovely. Right. Well, that's everything from us. Thanks <laughs> for listening once again, and good luck in your game weeks. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. good fun ah good pod it's fuck off long though (laughs) (laughs) good luck a couple of days Jim with your uh, personal life yeah yeah thanks for that yeah edit (laughs) yeah the edit comes on great contribution to you very good yeah thanks Jen so yeah thoroughly enjoyed it sorry about the who at the end there (laughs) that was really funny you did so (laughs) Uh, just going one hour here from uh, oh, fuck <laughs> wow oh my god <laughs> what, could, what could you have possibly got wrong there that warranted that kind of response that is name looking at this guy's name I just had no idea how to say it so uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to put this one as an outtake. You've got to have a try. Oh, right. Okay. We'll we'll try again. Breathe. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. First one will be uh, at uh, Joby Jew. He's just put uh, between Alonso (laughs) and (laughs) Kalasanach. His name is Bayou Hadi Constanto. So... I just completely avoided that <laughs> and went with the uh, Twitter tag. I can, I can just imagine you reading that and just your heart just like, oh, God. Oh, right, <laughs> should we actually try and get back onto this uh, without any laughter, please? Okay. Right, we'll try again. <laughs>